0: Our scripture this morning comes from the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 16, verses 23 through 31. And I ask that you would just listen to this with worshipful ears, that you would listen to these words as an act of worship, as we prepare to hear the words that Zach will speak to us today. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations His marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him, all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. This is the word of God given to us today. Thanks be to God. Amen.
1: Amen. Will you bow with me for a word of prayer? Wonderful God, it is our honor to be in your presence today, uh, to be able to sing songs of worship, of thanksgiving, of remembrance, uh, and to hear from you, Spirit, as you speak to our hearts. Uh, Please, please penetrate every heart. Uh, You have the ability to speak a message that is different for each one of us, but is according to what we each need to hear. So we ask that you do that uh, in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. Thank you. How are you doing? Good. good. I hope you had a happy 4th of July. Uh, I brought my America socks. So um, <laughs> I wear them all the time, but um, <laughs> but it's 4th of July this time. So, uh, <laughs> well... Um, my name is Zach Anderson, if I haven't met you yet, uh, and I'm proud to serve as one of the pastors here at Covenant. Um, and, uh, and so this morning I get to preach to you. Jason's out of town, and we're going to be talking about the spiritual discipline of worship. We've been going through a series this summer called Nurture, uh, and it's the idea that um, through our spiritual disciplines, we nurture our relationship with God, right? We give care to it uh, and grow closer to God through it. And also, in our practice of spiritual disciplines, we are nurtured by, uh, by being with God. So, uh, worship, uh, is, as defined by Google Dictionary, yes, not Merriam-Webster, Google Dictionary. I'm a millennial, and I decided to own it this morning. Uh, worship is defined as the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. The feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. Uh, another way that I like to define worship is the act of putting something in the highest place of value in your heart when you worship something you are uh, actively putting it in the highest place of value in your heart <clears throat> this morning we're going to talk about how worship uh, it is worship music like we were just singing uh, it is hearing the word and it is celebrating with the saints together in fellowship at church uh, but worship goes Sundays, uh, and it goes beyond just singing. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, brothers and sisters, worship is so important. Uh, it is our eternal occupation. The Bible tells us that we're going to, for those who uh, have Christ, we will get to spend eternity with Him in heaven. And He is so glorious, so majestic. We will be singing songs of praise uh, for eternity. So where are we this morning in the Scripture? We've been reading. Uh, Madison read to us First Chronicles sixteen. Um, And so I want to give you a little background where we are in history. Uh, So King David, uh, he's king over Israel at this time. And they're having a big celebration. David has just successfully returned the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. The Ark is what held the Ten Commandments. It was a sign of the covenant between God and Israel where God said, You shall be my people and I shall be your God. And uh, so the ark has, has returned to Israel. It had been captured by the Philistines and had dwelt among the Philistines for a while. It had stayed in this random Levite's house for a while. That's a different sermon, different story. But uh, after a long journey, it finally arrives back in Jerusalem. And everyone is ecstatic. And David is throwing a big celebration. Uh, King David, if you don't know he, uh, he's very serious about worship. Uh, If you have read any of the psalms, you know that David wrote a vast majority of the psalms. The psalms are songs or poems um, that some of them are laments, some of them are offerings of thanksgiving. A lot of them are worship songs, and David wrote a lot of those. Also, 1 Chronicles 23.30 tells us that David appointed Levites um, to serve. Their only job was to serve in front of the ark of the Lord, to sing songs of praise to God and offer thanksgiving Every day, twice a day, morning and evening. David is serious about worship. And so here we are in chapter 16. David, uh, he wrote this worship song that Madison read a portion of for us. uh, And he appointed Asaph and his associates, is what it says, to sing this song, to worship the Lord in this way. It's kind of like if he were to hire Hootie and the Blowfish or Earth, Wind, and Fire, right? Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Asaph and his associates, they just had way worse band names back then. <laughs> and so they're singing this worship song. Um, y'all know that song? Uh, it's a Disney song from Pinocchio, When You Wish Upon a Star. You know what I'm talking about? You ever pay attention to the words in this song? This song is crazy, okay? This is, this is what it says. When you wish upon a star makes no difference who you are, anything your heart desires will come to you. What? I mean, if this person really believes that, then, you know, where's their, where's their Ferrari? Why am I still driving a Nissan Sentra? If all I have to do is wish upon a star and anything my heart desires will come to me, there's a lot of stars in the sky, ladies and gentlemen. Endless wishes. Um, Disney and, and, and pop culture, they make some really bold claims in music, um, but that's not something that is isolated to secular music. In fact, we make a lot of bold claims when we sing worship songs. Have you all notice that? You notice what we sang this morning? Uh, Alyssa said, sing this and mean it. Is, God, I look to you, and I will not be overwhelmed. It's hard sometimes. Um, what about unstoppable God? Do we really all the time believe that God is unstoppable? That I mean, when you look around in the world, the things that happen to us—there's a lot of darkness. A lot of bad things happen to a lot of good people, and yet we're supposed to sing these songs of worship that that declare that God is unstoppable. It can be hard. We make really bold claims. And so this, uh, this passage says, yes, to sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day, but worship is more than just singing. It is singing, uh, but it's more than just singing. Everyone worships something. Whether they come to church and sing worship songs or they have no affiliation with God whatsoever, everyone worships something. And in verses 25 and 26, we're introduced to this concept of idols. It says, uh, there it is. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. So I'm going to tell you something. We all practice idolatry, right? And when we read this passage and we're like, okay, all the gods of the nations are idols. What, is, what are these idols that they're talking about? It's these, maybe a statue carved of stone or wood. Uh, it could be a, an image graven on the wall or a painting. And the people would literally carve a statue and then worship it and say, this is my God, this is what takes care of me. Uh, it's insanity, right? Uh, that you, you, you say, Zach, I don't practice idolatry. That's just dumb. And I agree with you, it is dumb, but we practice it. Remember the definition of worship? It's the act of putting something at the highest place of value in your heart. Uh, Several years back, uh, when I was in high school, I began playing this sport called Ultimate Frisbee. And if you know me, you probably know I still play Ultimate Frisbee and... uh, And so I I began playing, and I fell in love with the sport very quickly. Uh, When I was in high school and had lots of free time, I would play this game anywhere from two to four, five if it was a week. Like for several hours each time. I loved it. And when I wasn't playing, uh, I would be maybe, I did this training program to increase my vertical leap and my sprinting speed for Ultimate Frisbee. No, I was not getting paid to play Ultimate Frisbee, but I still put all this time and effort into it. I spent countless hours talking with my good friend Zach Harris about Ultimate Frisbee and the, the players in our group and different teams and who was better than who. All this stuff. And, uh, and I would watch highlight videos. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was an all-out addiction, right? I, <laughs> I was into this thing. I loved Ultimate Frisbee. And... Um, And so one day I was playing, uh, and I was running as fast as I could after this frisbee that my friend had thrown. And frisbees, they float for a long time, and they go in really high, really fast, and I'm sprinting as fast as I can. And I jump up, probably the highest I've ever jumped in my life, catch the frisbee to win the game. And when I landed, I landed on the foot of my defender, leg. And uh, friends, I destroyed my ankle. Destroyed it. I uh, went to the doctor, an MRI. The doctor looked. At oh wow. <laughs> That's not what you want to hear from an ankle specialist when they're reviewing your ankle injury report. He said, "Oh wow. Um, so you have torn two ligaments and a tendon, and one of your I just don't see it anymore." Like, you destroyed it. It's gone. Uh, I have a donor ligament. I call it George. My friends who are mean call it Georgette. Um, <laughs> and George helps me to play the sport that I love uh, back, to, back to normal. Um, but when I got this news, I found out that it meant surgery. It meant uh, like four months on crutches, several weeks in a walking boot, Uh, And then a brace and a long, long recovery and a long time of not being able to do any ultimate frisbee, any sport of any kind, any training at all. And friends, when you look at your life, you can see what you love, what you worship by the effort that you put into it. Right? What are you talking about? What are you practicing what do you spend your time doing? And so Ultimate Frisbee and my success in the sport, my ability to play the sport, was an idol for me. I confess that to you. It was an idol for me. I loved it more than I love God. And, uh, and it came out in different ways. It came out on the field. If someone uh, broke the rules, I would get so angry. If it, if it made me lose and someone cheated to make me lose, I would I would yell. at at people over a game, a non-professional sport. It is laughable. Uh, It was an idol for me. And when you heard me tell this story, I wonder if maybe you thought of something in your own life. It doesn't have to be a sport, but maybe you thought of something that you put in tons of time, tons of energy, tons of thought, into uh, that's not God, and I want you to ask yourself if maybe you put this thing higher than God in your heart, maybe you worship it. We all practice idolatry. What are your idols? So idolatry is a very serious thing, and these these people in the Old Testament they would bring an offering uh, to this idol, they would make sacrifices to the idol. Uh, but the people of God, they would bring offerings and sacrifices to the Lord. They would make offerings of worship. Right? And verse 29 tells us, bring an offering and come before him. It's an instruction on how to worship. And so they would, bring, uh, they would bring animals to sacrifice. They would bring a grain offering. They would bring offerings of incense. And they would burn these offerings before the Lord in worship, also as an atonement for their sin. It was a regular practice for them. Uh, But we don't practice the, uh, we don't practice burnt offerings anymore. And the reason for that is because this Old Testament theology of bringing offerings to atone for your sins, uh, it's changed. Amen? We have Jesus. And so it was setting up the story for Jesus to come and be the ultimate sacrifice, live a perfectly righteous life. Die on the cross for your sins, for my sins. Raised from the grave, and he paid the price once and for all. That price is lifted. So we don't have to make those kinds of sacrifices and offerings anymore. So you ask me, what kind of sacrifice, what kind of offering do we bring now? How does this apply to us today? I'm going to read to you a verse out of the book of Romans. If you have your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It'll be on the screen as well. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this. It's Paul writing to the church of Rome, and he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So Jesus has just come at this time. He's come, he's died, he's resurrected, he's gone, ascended into heaven. And so we have this whole culture where the entire time prior to this, the people of God have been offering sacrifices of animals and of produce. Right? And so they say, well, what do we do now? And Paul says, instead of worshiping by bringing an offering of an animal sacrifice, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Offer yourself. And so this is how we worship God today today. Beyond singing, beyond Sundays, we offer ourselves. So what does it look like? Colossians 3 tells us that uh, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. You all heard that? In everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. What does that look like? Well, uh, go to work. You kind of have a couple options of how your day can go, right? You can, you can do a good job. You can be a good employee. You can be a good Coworker, worker you can treat your co-workers with kindness, with love and respect. Uh, or maybe if you're unsupervised, you have an option to, to kind of cut corners, do your job halfway. Uh, or if you are a supervisor of people or you have coworkers workers uh, who you don't like that much, you can treat them poorly. Now, which one do you think is an offering of a living sacrifice to the Lord? Maybe you don't have a job, maybe you're in school uh, or you play on a sports team and you interact with your friends at school and you have an option to, uh, to give an offering of, of being kind to your classmates, of loving the outcast and taking time out of your day to speak to the outcast. Uh, or you have the option to join in with the bullies and make fun of the outcast, to do a, a halfway job in your studies, to not do your homework which one do you think is a, an offering that's pleasing to the lord and so worship can be an everyday thing i hope you open your imaginations to what worship can be uh, but i want to invite us into uh into something specific cuz each of your lives looks different but i want to invite us into something specific uh for me you know i was talking about worship uh these bold claims in the songs and sometimes, if I'm honest, friends, uh, when these songs are on the screen and I'm supposed to sing these lyrics, I'm just not there in that moment. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Just not there in that moment. Um, and that's okay. But what do you do when you're not there? Uh, well, worship is a discipline. A discipline uh, means something that Uh, you practice, something that you get better at. Uh, People who maybe they become a Christian, you just became a Christian, and you're like, okay, I'm supposed to read the Bible, I'm supposed to pray, I'm supposed to worship, and you try it, and you're just not that good at it. I mean, that's don't go into it expecting that you'll instantly be incredible at studying the Bible or incredible at even talking to God. It's a practice, right? That's That's the whole idea of spiritual disciplines. It's a practice. Maybe worship on Sundays for you is kind of strange, to just stand there and sing these these songs to an unseen God, to make these bold claims that you're not quite feeling. Maybe it's strange. Hear this. Worship is something that we must practice, just like Bible study, just like prayer, just like... Our sports, just like martial arts, just like music, whatever you, you do, whatever your discipline is, your job, it's a practice. And so here's the invitation. Uh, this week, I invite all of us, uh, I'm going to do it with you, um, to do something that I tried yesterday and this morning. It was really powerful for me. I've heard this idea that it's good in worship to, to pray through a scripture. You heard that idea, praying through a scripture? But I'll be honest, sometimes the language is a little different than how I normally talk. In Psalms or in, uh, even in this passage that we read today in Chronicles, the language is different than how I normally talk. And so there's a disconnect between me and God that happens when I try and understand what the passage is saying. Uh, and so I want to invite us. This is something I did yesterday and this morning. Each day this week, dedicate five or ten minutes of every day um, specifically to worship—not to—not to Bible study, do that too; not to prayer, do that too. Although worship and prayer go hand in hand often, but just to worship by writing our own psalm, writing our own psalm, uh, and so you might. Tell me, Zach, I'm not a good writer. I'm not articulate. That doesn't matter. You're not writing for me. Right? You're writing for God. And so it could be one sentence. It could be a whole page. Whatever the cry of your heart is in your own language, the natural language of your heart. Don't try and sound like the Bible. Don't try and sound like a preacher or some scholar. Just an offering from your heart. Each day, write your own psalm. It doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to go to music. Whatever's on your heart. It's a chance to look back at how you've been interacting with God in your life. Uh, it was powerful for me to, to look at how God and I have been interacting recently and to, to pour out my heart to him in honesty. Friends, worship is more than singing. It's more than going to church. Worship is an everyday thing if you hear nothing else hear this be encouraged that just because you aren't good at worship or you're not comfortable with worship now doesn't mean you should give up it's a practice it's a practice so I encourage you just like anything else practice the spiritual discipline of worship this week every day and next week let's come back here together uh, and let's see how it has prepared us to sing these songs of praise, to make these bold claims about God and how he is moving and active in our lives. We join in that with me? Okay, let's pray.